PS5 outpacing PS4? Move aside, Final Fantasy. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, where Saul requests that you give us a million dollars on Patreon. On Patreon. Um, Monthly. I'm your host, Brett Beck. Alongside me, as always, is, as Peppy Pig says, da, 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 that, that's Saul, folks. But um, that's Peppa Pig doesn't say that. I said, yeah, you're right, Peppa Pig. Did, <laughs> did I say Peppa Pig? That's Porky I'm a, Pig. Look, I'm a father, so we're going to say Porky Pig. Look, the joke has been stewing in my head since, like, Monday of last week for some stupid reason. Anyways. I'm Saul Bridges. This is episode 210 of Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. You can find out later in the video where to find us. And uh, yeah, you can also look in the description right now if you are interested, at least if you're on YouTube. Uh, but we're going to start this show off like we normally do. Which apparently, as I've been told in this show, and I want <laughs> I want anyone who has input on this to tell us, apparently when Saul and I get into deep argument, we put on our Baptist preacher voices. Our What? Yeah, so this is what I've been. I won't say who. Is somebody? I find it increasingly funny. Are they being the more xenophobic because it. we're from the south? <gasps> Excuse you. But anyway, uh, if that's what you feel like, if you feel like we're about to be like, open your playstations to the book of God of War or something. Well, I guess that's technically not going to be fine because I can't believe in the God of War. Brett, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> Uh, I beat Resistance Burning Skies, and I can still say without doubt that that game is just mediocre. And I mean, it's there. It's fun-ish. Mediocre at best. I mean, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, the, like the 5.5s on like, I think the highest score it may have gotten was like a 6 or a 7. Hold on. Do you disagree with that? What? It's not like you're about to say it should have been higher. No, no, no. I'm saying like the score that it got, as much as I don't, you know, I've been on my rant lately of saying that I don't necessarily think review scores are of anything. I think, I mean, are of any value. That's, I shouldn't say it that broad strokes, but I think specifically Metacritic is bad. They are Uh, of value of the individual. I think that individual reviewers are of value. To that degree, I think most of the reviews I've ever read on the game key in on exactly the things I don't care about in the game. Or what I should say is that the game just doesn't make you care about. Um, which is like the characters trying to make it a fireman and just shoehorning fireman stuff. Like, oh, I read the parts in the game. We're going to have you just pick people up and carry them through fire. It doesn't really do anything with the story, and your character doesn't. You, you, you know, this is a weird thing. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's basically this thing where they want you to care about people that they've never given time on screen, and they've never had your character talk about in a way where they care about them. So then you suddenly get to them, and it's supposed to be very sad that something happens. But you've never talked about them. Your character has never talked about them. You've seen them for once for like 10 seconds at the beginning of the game. And what ca- what what connection have I built with these characters? That's technically ludo narrative dissonance, isn't it? Just in a, in a kind of an odder way. like In a roundabout way. Instead yeah. of like it not telling the story through the gameplay to reach that moment. It's, it said it doesn't earn its moments. Because it's doing the same thing of like forcing this thought onto you like you should be sad at this moment because of this yes it's very similar to like the 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 weird thing of forcing you to think oh or not even that but just showcasing drake feeling bad and remorseful about having to kill the bad guy at the end of the game After but he's killed millions and millions of people on the way there yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's 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 true of like superhero movies too the superheroes want to save the world but the collateral damage that happens in the wake and all the people that die they don't ever want to contend with which was one of the things i kind of liked about the Zack snyder take on it. it's like hey we are going to talk about the fact that people are pissed that a guy just killed a lot of people while trying to save the majority of people 
to be fair, Marvel did that too. That was the whole they kind do. Of they thing do. about Civil War. But yeah, but that's about the only time that Marvel really finally brought it to roost, which is good. I'm glad they did. Civil War is an interesting movie because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So Resistance, Burning Skies. Oh yeah, Resistance, Burning Skies. I kept playing Scourgebringer, which I can't remember if I had started by the time we were doing this last no, week. No, we talked about it. But it's super good. And because uh, I pulled it up on, I think you said you bought it, but I don't think you started it. Yeah, I hadn't at that time, but it's very good. Fantastic. It plays like really well on Vita. I think it's a good game for Vita, and I hope that we see more, though. It's looking more and more like what's going on is that even though the store is still staying around, they are closing the ability to send games in for, um, what do they call it? My brain is failing me right now. See, this is why, for those that I said last week, I'm not browsing Twitter at the moment. I don't know what that means, but I have a feeling that's important. Is that yes, no, maybe so? Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to look more at it. But <laughs> Out of a Final Fantasy fourteen image. Yeah, be careful yeah. on the Twitters if you're not wanting to spoil things for yourself. Uh, speaking of spoils, though, the only game I've played this week has been Near Replicant. I have finally finished uh, playthrough A. I did that on Friday night. So that's my other title as well. Yeah. Um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far that I've played. I was going to start... Yeah, I was going to start through playthrough B tonight, but I'm not sure if I'll have time. Uh, we're going to hang out here till about 5 and do pizza and Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I have a birthday surprise. So, Oh, yeah, Richard will probably be happy to hear that we're getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh! Though, yeah. I, I, Richard, I hate to tell you, I've never been one to play like the phone game or whatever where you duel people online. I've just never gotten around to it. It doesn't mean I wouldn't like it, but we're playing it in person, which is kind of where it's fun to me. It is, yeah. That's That, to me, is the fun part. Um, that's why I don't like Hearthstone, oh, and that's why I don't like Magic Arena as much as the actual game, because it's... You get to have the cards, and you get to you get to all the cool accessories and stuff like that. Yeah, and it kind of makes it worth it. Um, but if you want to fly down from where you live and uh, want to play Yu-Gi-Oh with us, we have plenty of decks. Or I should say, Brett has plenty of decks. <laughs> Yesterday, he's like, "I found another deck." It's like the fourth time he said it over the, over like an hour. So. The quality of said decks, considering it's been years since I've been messing with them, is uh, is uh, up for a debate. Also, I'm undefeated. <laughs> Nobody's been able to beat me. So we'll see if this keeps going today. I have a feeling it's going to end with a new deck I built. But, you are uh, undefeated currently, yes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it this week. I played Near Replicant. Uh, I'm glad you were able to get through the first uh, the first story because it's, yeah. it was so weird trying to talk to you about certain things that you were curious about without going too far. Yeah, I guess spoilery. is the best way to say it. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to ruin anything for you, but I was hoping I could tell you basically – something you know <laughs> well and depending on and even now you still have questions which yeah, is rightful yeah because because you still have it b c and d to play through and e in this in this version um but i might be able to like when we get home tonight we might i might be able to keep going i don't know it depends on how late i get home and i'm tired i am but uh yeah i guess After you went home yesterday did you start playing through b again or are you still where you last said no no not at all um i no. built that deck um, for Yu-Gi-Oh! And then we got food and watched the Practical Jokers. Me too. That was like, that was my <laughs> my jam last night. I went to Taco Bell, got some Sonic as well, came back home and ate, and I fell asleep on the couch at like 8, 8.45. Eventful night for Sonic. Yeah. I, I won't lie though, because we woke up, so I don't know what it was. I was tired last night at like 9. I still stayed up till like 1 o'clock because I'm just stubborn. But I was sitting there like nine or ten. I was like, man, I'm a little, I'm a little tired from waking up and having a day full of trying to go find Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which is 
the craziest thing in the world. Speaking of which, if we wanted to be huge dick bags, we could have. Because Andrew, after you had left, started looking, and the box that we bought for thirty dollars each are going for seventy five on eBay. Are you talking about the uh, the one that came with the God cards and the Exodia deck and yep. the uh, the Kaiba deck? Yep. Yep. <laughs> seventy dollars. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. So we could just go wipe out Walmart and just the, sell the crazy. Walmart. Well, see, in our it's like our local WalMarts don't even have. Them. Yeah, we had, we to, had to go, to go a, around to like a bunch of smaller towns, uh, which was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, I, I think we should do that like once a month. Just but we're not. Yeah. What fun. I was telling Andrew we should do is kind of take on the thing that people do with, um, which of course we got to look and see. But like people do with magic, where you go and buy a box and try to create a deck out of that box and then Drafting. use it. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Uh, see if we can find like a new set that has a box, buy a thirty dollars box, and just make the best deck we can out of it and see how they do. So I was actually, it's funny you brought that up. I, uh, I actually uh, watched a video today about uh, the uh, drafting tournament and the way they did this drafting tournament is every every creature card, every monster card or whatever is all types. Oh, that's how you balance it. Since yeah. You, so if yeah. you draw if you draw a card that says your machine type monsters or cards or whatever, it works on every single monster you have because it's all it's all types. Yeah, but because you're having to kind of make a mix max deck. Yeah, and yeah. it's thirty cards. So okay, well, I mean that's that's not a terrible idea. We could definitely mess with that. But uh, no, we're gonna go ahead talk. and get into uh, the community's take here. And the community's take was kind of based off of something last week that. While it's un- oh, I'm not gonna say unlikely. We don't know right now what's going on with it, but PlayStation Home was renewed for its trademark, and that of course leads to the question: Is this just holding onto the name, or is there something in that idea that could come back and do something nice? So the question was simple: PlayStation's Home's trademark was renewed. If it were to come back, would you be excited by the idea of a game-based social space in 2021? And I kind of meant that as in, you know, there's so much competition. Did you play the original? And we had a lot of answers to this that were interesting. Uh, Blaze2102 over on our Discord says, I had a lot of fun in the original PS Home. I hung out in the bowling alley and talked trash. If they bring it back with VR, I'm sold. And here's there, there's a couple of things going on here. I, I like the spread of answers because I think it shows the reality of what something like PlayStation Home is going to be, which is the reality. It's never going to be for everyone. It's kind of like PS communities, right? When the PS4 had communities, people used it. Yeah. But not probably the majority swath of people. I don't know what the um, split, like on PS3 when it was around, I don't know what the split was. The game never came to PS4, and I think that that's what ended up being its killer. It was supposed to, and then it didn't, and then it just closed down. But I don't know what the game looked like. What percentage of PS3 users dipped their toes in home? What percentage stayed on home? Uh, Because I know one of our listeners, Richard, he talked about using it as kind of a social space to meet people to play games on. And I think that that is a good idea because right now you have this thing of where some people want an easy barrier, but they don't necessarily want to have a Facebook or something like that. So if Saul was like, I'm liking this game, but I don't know anybody to play with. Let me go into this social space that doesn't require me to have a Facebook or Twitter or any of that mess and just go on and talk to people and see people that are finding similar games, go to that game space and go from there. And I think that those ideas work but I think it it's partially on my mind because games like Godfall and stuff don't have matchmaking. Destiny had matchmaking. Destiny 2 had matchmaking for like a small window, and they made it seem like it was going to be a big thing. And if I'm not mistaken, Saul, Destiny 2 does not have matchmaking anymore. What? I mean for like raid events and whatnot. Do you remember they had LF? What was it? LFG looking for game. Well, they had yeah. So like, well, they had that weird and that's not around anymore. Matchmaking based system, like where you can be the. Um... 
I forget what they called it. It was guided games. Is what it was called. Guided games. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind I of like you could Sherpa someone through it. I didn't know if they took that out. I hadn't seen anybody use it, and I'm pretty sure I don't see the logo there anymore. Now, it may be that they just found another way around it. No, it looks like it's still there. Hmm. It just they might have moved it around. I, I haven't played Destiny two in like four or five months. Yeah, me either. Or at least it feels <laughs> like it. I'm not sure if that's how long it's been. Uh, either way, I, it's interesting. I think that there's games that don't do a great enough job, or they do it, but people don't necessarily want to be involved. I mean, like blogs are still a thing, I assume, right? So if you want to like, if you want to play Warframe and just hop on the Warframe blogs, is that a way to pull that off? Like, or you'd probably go or to, not a blog. What is it called? You'd probably go to the Reddit, honestly. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's kind Reddit's of another way through. That's become the new default thing of like. You find a new hobby, go look for a subreddit for it because there's going to be one. Discord, too. Discord and actually, well, somebody yeah. brings that up. I think it was over on Facebook. It's on Twitter as well. Was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, Chad, he, uh, he said, Discord pretty much does has that covered already. I'm sure there's uh, better things they could focus on. Which is interesting because also Liam uh, says, not really. Put the effort in the other things instead. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a reasonable thing. It just depends on who they have to do it and what the purpose of that team is and how many people it takes. And I guess that's really what it comes down to is resource management. Oh, my gosh. Blue Point remaking PlayStation Home. <laughs> you know how mad someone would be that they remade PlayStation Home? They'd be like, but what about Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> well, that's 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 what they've been alluding to this whole time with like the Symphony of the Night stuff and everything like that. Is that they're going to have PlayStation Home with all of its game spaces? Yeah. So that you could have like a Castlevania, you could have a um, Alucard uh, uh, outfit, or you could have a, a snake outfit. <laughs> well, see, they would be hated. Yeah, that that would be a big deal. But I've actually said that I think that PlayStation Home has this thing that lets you kind of go through and have extra incentive for like platinuming things or getting hard trophies. Is like the way I kind of was talking about it is it would be cool if you play just for example you're playing Killzone and you get the platinum in the new Killzone game. Uh, you get like some kind of item that's tied to it. Like, like an actual oh, okay. platinum little trophy you can hang up in your house. That'd be cool. Or yeah. even something more than that. Like you can have a room where you get items that, okay, you have a um, Hellgast armor set that you can place on something, or maybe it's a bust of a Hellgast head or an ISA head. You play Resistance and you can get like a Chimera stuffed head on a plaque that you can hang on the wall, kind of like, like a deer, just to have fun with it. And I think more so, like, um, I guess technically we could have phrased it better last episode, but this is also. A lot of people seem to be alluding like Discord is a good like uh, answer to this, um, and over on um, actually I don't know where I saw the comment. I'm sure we'll get to it, but um, people are saying. Well, I guess Richard says that he uses a social space to find friends like games. But instead, what if this was an actual game? And I mentioned in Discord last week too. Where you could literally hop in, and it was really meant for you and all your buddies to get on in a party with to each other and follow each other around. Have like a little arcade in there. Have like an Uncharted that's on rails. That's like a, a an homage to House of the Dead and stuff like that. And kind of just hang out and play virtual arcade games with each other and just chat and 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 crap talk each other and stuff like that. It'd be fun just on that aspect alone um, for me. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let me look at the Twitter, too, because I, I did see some stuff like that, but I'm going to go over real quick. <laughs> this one's pretty long-winded, but I think it's fun. Uh, Cody McGinnis, actually one of my longtime friends, he says, I love the idea. I wish it would go more of a Ready Player One style kind of hub. It's hard to explain, but say you're in a party on the home world, and you can see you and your friend's avatars walking around interactive with each other. 
And in any game you have downloaded and ready to play, it will be visible in the home world as like a gate. And if your party decides to play a certain game, you just walk to said gate, play the game, and return to the home world to decide on the next game. And having VR support for the said home world would be amazing, which the VR kind of pulls the, the Ready Player One aspect of it kind of all the way back together. Yeah. Uh, but that actually would be kind of an interesting way. I know this sounds weird, and I know people that wouldn't like it because the idea of the PlayStation 5 is to cut down how long it takes to get to a game. But I think the reality of having a normal home screen like they do for people that want that speed, but then having something like this where it's a social thing and you can get together and it's almost like your UI is this PlayStation home. Yeah. Uh, and you just walk around with your friends and you see all your games listed and you can just walk into it. That, that I actually kind of like this idea. I'm not saying it'd be perfect or for everyone. It's just one of those things where it's, it even makes me think of like Wreck-It Ralph where you go in and the plugs go towards like, they're like train stations that go to a hub and it's the hub is basically the power strip and you can go to all of them. It's a fun idea of being like, Oh, look over there. There goes Call of Duty Warzone. Let's go play Warzone real quick. Hop out. Okay, let's go. Oh, look, there goes Apex Legends. Let's hop in there. Oh, okay. Well, now you know what we're going to do? We're going to go play Red Dead Online. And you just kind of keep going from game to game as quickly and as easily as you want to. Um, that seems doable. Yeah. Or, and I think it would be cool, too, like if you if you went into the hub area, quote, unquote, if you had buddies that were online, you could see them running around with you. Well, that's what he's kind of yeah. saying. Like you would see it instead of having your friends list that shows online people. Yeah, if they're online, that. you're automatically seeing them run yeah. around there. That'd be perfect. Uh, and it'd be cool too if it was like you almost saw if they're online, you see their avatar, but their avatar may be like see through if they're online, but they're not in home. And you can run up to them and hit it and be like, oh, invite them to come join you in home. Or you can see them at like a little house, and it's like, okay, they're chilling in their house decorating it. Let me go asked to come over so like you knock on the door or something and you're like oh, it, it sounds like an invite yeah and on yours it sounds like a little thing like saul wants to be invited to your house and you're like cool accept invite yeah i mean that i think that these are cool ideas now the, the reality is how much would people use these and i'm going to start pulling some of the ones oh by the way richard Schaefer, one of our patrons says only if it gets psvr2 support yeah <laughs> so, which i think a lot of us are excited about that idea but brennan beck one of our new uh join members over on the facebook who shares my initials and my last name. <laughs> it's a clone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, he says, I tried the original but didn't stick with it more than a single play session. I don't have VR but could see that being a draw if utilized. I honestly won't invest my limited gaming time in a system that doesn't involve playing a game, which I would consider home to be. Um, which is fair. I think yeah. that there are people that don't have the time for home to be a thing. But I also think that my mindset is somewhat changed up right now because of covid and while it's not affecting us here as much as it is some other people i think that something like home would have been really cool when covid hit hard where it's just hey let's get together in a space and feel like you're hanging out with people and socializing which we're not easily getting to do in the same way um now one of the things here uh, I think it's on this. Yes. Derek Porter's is also interesting because he says the original was so much fun for about five minutes. Good idea, but very poorly executed. I just remember avatars standing around. The best parts were the game themed areas. I remember one game area. Can't remember if it was Tomb Raider or Uncharted, but you had to find frogs hidden in the area. That was the extent of the fun I had. But to answer your first question, no, we don't need it. I can almost guarantee it won't succeed and they should concentrate their efforts elsewhere. And there's a good chance that it wouldn't succeed. Who knows? Uh, but I think some of the limitations to the thing is that the game was very much built around PlayStation 3, which was limited anyway. So I think one of the big things that really should be the thing here is proximity-based vocal chat. So when you come into home, 
you know, you're going to have already the ability to speak to people. Uh, you can control whether you want to be in the public's voice channel or if you only want your friends to be able to hear you immediately. Or if you want to go to like a hub area for a game to find people to play with, then you can switch over to like public chat where you can hear everyone to a degree. Now, there's some logistic problems there about like how do you control not everyone talking at the same time. I think that that could be worked out, but I think that that's part of what makes the original feel odd and slow and like people just standing around because if you remember all communication in home was text-based so you did have to stand there open the chat window use the the controller to actually sit there type out your message and then hit send and it would pop up above your character yeah uh and it's it wasn't as elegant as i think it could be now when you think of something like vr chats where it is you run up to someone you're in their proximity you can hear them yeah or you could do voice of chat yes that, like a, a, a well-functioning voice to chat can also help this game out immensely. I just think it's there's ways to make this work better to alleviate those problems. I do agree that there was times. I mean, like don't get me wrong. As someone who has fond memories of home, I didn't play more than like maybe thirty hours inside of it. But there was a lot of good ideas, and I think Saul's idea of letting it be a place where like there's a local hub area where like maybe there's a basketball court over there uh, for a pickup game and like a pool table for a pickup game of pool and all that stuff could be worked in. Now, again, the question is always going to be, do enough people use this to make it worth it? But that also seems like microtransaction heaven, right? It hey, It kind of does, yeah. And I mean in a good way. Like, hey, here's your character. You can do what you want to with him. You can play games, and we'll let you unlock certain game-based items. But also, if you want your character to have, like, a Jack and Daxter shirt, you can go buy a Jack and Daxter shirt for a dollar. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like stuff like that, like if I had friends that would play a game like this and I could buy like stuff to decorate my house with for like a fairly decent price, like I'm not trying to spend $20 to decorate my house. Yeah. Sure. But if we had friends over that, well, like like they could like come over and like there could be mini games we could play and that sort of decoration and stuff like that. And I could customize it and be drastically different from your house. Then, yeah, I'd want to add some flair in there. Well, yeah. And I think the other thing um, about all of that comes down to my brain just went completely blank. You have to give me one second. House customization, house um, size, perhaps. Man, my brain one hundred percent just failed me. I had the idea, now it's not here. But regardless, um, oh, okay, I know what I'm talking about. You know those times where you're kind of done playing the game, but you're still wanting to hang out with your friends, so y'all are just in the games. Like Destiny's a perfect example. You're playing Destiny with a group, and then you spend 30 minutes not doing anything. Just, just chilling. in a party, chilling in orbit yeah. and talking. And to Cody's idea back in the thing, when you're done with that, the whole group moves together out into this hub space where y'all can run around and do different things and still keep kind of just shooting the crap. Yeah, that'd be amazing. It, it would solve the problem because I feel like I'm just sitting there and I'll be like, why am I even doing this? You know, it's, it's why are we just sitting here in the menu? It's what's well, because you're trying to talk to your friends and have a good time and you're already together. Why not make it easier to go out? Maybe encourage someone to stay on a little bit longer and play one more game or keep, you know, chatting with their friends and being like, oh, let's go play a dumb game of basketball. And my idea, and of course, idea is not always meeting of reality, but I think of like the time as a little big planet too, where that ridiculous basketball game they had. Where you could just be chatting with friends, go over there, run over, and basically play a version of that even, where you're bouncing around and dropping hoops and you're just cracking up and having a good time. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, this is it kind of like what we said about like VR chat. It is the, the next iteration of a game like that, a social based game where you just go around, have your own avatar, customize it, have your own space, customize it, and then just mess around with friends. Yeah. And when there's nothing else to play, you play PlayStation Home. 
Yeah. That could be their tagline. I'm going to go through one that's kind of in the middle from actually White Eagle UK. I haven't heard from him in a long time, but I hope you're doing well. He says, if they manage to get some of the features I remember that they were working on, like the ability to have your music played through the radio in your home and videos played through your TV, then it has the potential, especially now, to be amazing. Uh, And I kind of like that he's coming from the in-between. I'm like, these are the things they could do. But I want to look at some of the people who loved it. So I mentioned I, I, I mentioned Richard. He says, yes, I would love for them to bring it back. I used to go on PlayStation Home and try to find new friends to play games with because all my real friends had 360s at the time. Um, which, again, that's what I mean. If it's either that your friends are on different consoles, which thankfully cross-play is minimizing, or if for some reason you really like a game but you don't know anybody who wants to play it with you. Yeah. Like, let's say for some reason Saul loved Monster Hunter World and none of us wanted to give the time of day. He can go be like, well, I'm just going to go to this social area for Monster Hunter and just kind of get a feel for people that I might like enough to play a game with. And there's a there's a fun thing of that. You can meet people in a fun way. Another person that loved it on Twitter was Constantly Kenny. Oh, yeah, one of our patrons. Yes. Yeah. He said, I played the original. I had lots of fun. I was very sad to see it go. If they want to bring it back and be a good crossover with VR chat, I think they would get way more use out of it that way. Create my own PlayStation world with my achievements on display would be pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, it would. Okay, so let me see. Where, I think it's over here. Yeah, Hussein Saeed says, I was a big fan of the original. I went to visit a lot back in the days. Definitely excited to revisit it again, especially with better graphics, loading times, and more interaction options with other homers. <laughs> yeah, going to hop on PS Home with the homers. That sounds interesting. It does. Though I also think you could get away with homies, right? Right. Like that would be that would be fun marketing for them. Uh, hop on PS Home with the homies. That could work. That could that could totally work. PlayStation, if you want to pay me for the idea, uh, just start sending me review codes. <laughs> I'll that, use yeah, that, yeah. Just let me play the games early. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, the last one I'm going to uh, to do here is. Uh, Jehudi MD, one of our patrons, he says, nah, I could count the number of times on one hand when I used it. The idea of launching an app to go play a game that I can simply launch directly never sounded appealing to me. Plus the whole social space has been occupied with so many other platforms these days. That's not to forget how I mute most of my online games these days, which is a fair point. I think a lot of people are like me and I think everybody's like this to a degree. You want to be sociable on your time. You want to be sociable when you want to be sociable. I will play online games 100% by myself sometimes and mute everyone. I'm just wanting to play real people and have a communicate. You have a challenge there, but not necessarily want to communicate with anyone. Yeah. So I I understand that, and I would argue that I probably mute most of the online games I do play myself. So... And apparently Andrew over here. I mean, <clears throat> come over here, Andrew, real quick. Get in frame. For anybody on video, we want you to see great value Keanu Reeves as Saul coined him I did. right before we started recording. Come right here in center frame. Look at that. Tell the me new that's... triangle squared side ghost member who sits here during recording. And eats pizza with us. That's... Plays Pokemon and eats pizza and, you, and then does the Yu-Gi-Oh's with us. That's, that's Keanu Reeves. On camera, it's actually more noticeable. Yeah, like it, it is. looks even more like it. It is. Y'all go watch the YouTube video for this show if y'all haven't. Oh, Andrew, we love you, buddy. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun idea, I think, to come back. But I could see people thinking it's a waste of resources, and honestly, it very well could be. And when we're talking about, you know, thinking back a few episodes back, we we're talking about PlayStation 
and how they're wanting to use their resources in different ways and how there's a fear of them going back to things. I guess arguably coming back with something like PS Home still feels like using your resources to rehash something you've done. But they, but it's something they didn't do to a full potential that they can now. Like, I that's agree. different than just rehashing something for the sake of rehashing something. Yeah, I agree. That. Um, just like, like I guess you could argue that that doesn't make sense with what we said about The Last of Us because The Last of Us wasn't like to their full potential now, but it, it, they, that gap is so close to what it, we currently have in the form of uh, the remake of The Last of Us or the remaster version or whatever that what we had for PlayStation Home. Well, arguably, this is the thing that because it was stuck on PS3, though, too. That's yeah. the argument. Last of Us made the move to PS4 and saw a big improvement. PS Home actually closed servers in 2015, but it didn't come to PS4, so a lot of people moved on away from it. I would say that a lot of people's last times playing Home were probably in 2013, same year as the last of us came out the last of us has also been used more and it's just also a different idea i think one's a game and one's a game like social space which arguably from being honest sounds more fun to me than a text-based social space like uh facebook or twitter or certainly the idea of a video-based social space like instagram i have absolutely zero want for instagram but yeah. that's me. I know that that's a big popular thing, but for me, I would definitely be down for the idea of coming into a social space that's game-driven. The, um, the only reason I would start up an Instagram was for photography reasons. And I want more pictures than what I have now. To do so. Yeah, because I could actually release stuff. Oh, we're starting to stutter again. Yeah. This may be audio only. We're having, we've been having technical difficulties. All day. All day. Yay. As long as Brett's computer doesn't make that um, oh, you know, world-ending sound it made earlier. Look, I'm gonna say, I said that was my last one, but we so seldom hear from uh, the skinny rage here that I want to shout out Ryan. He says, I messed around with the original. I thought aspects about it were cool. E3 booth experiences and group theater trailers reveals were neat. The second life-ish home decorating was okay. I imagined a VR chat style PS Home would be obvious. And he linked to a tweet he sent out in 2016 uh, asking uh, Shuhei Yoshida, do you think there's a case to make a PS home return with PSVR? And um, yeah, I think we've been, I, I know I've said this like at least three years ago and I know people were on that ball probably way before me, but it's, I guess it's for people who experienced it. It seems like such an easy thing to come back like that. And it almost seems too obvious to the extent where you feel like, why wouldn't they do it? But yeah. the reality is that we're probably in our own little world of, we think it's such a great idea and they've had pro- it would not surprise me as much as we're talking about this if Sony had focus tested the idea of coming back with it on VR and people just focus test across the board were more or less mad on it. Right. What? But they didn't. And <laughs> but they didn't. You, you don't think they did? <laughs> no. It's certainly possible. But yeah, no. Uh, anyway, thank you all. I know we didn't get to all of them, but we try to get to as many of them as we can and still keep the flow of the show going. So thank you guys so much. And remember, this show is brought to you by you and us. Uh, by us, because we sit here and do it every week, and by you, because uh, there's a handful of you guys who uh, not only give your time, which you're also brought to you by the people who just take their time to listen, but who also go over to our Patreon and uh Support the show every month with however much they can afford, and we are forever grateful for that, guys. Yes, we so are. Appreciate it. If you want to join those people and get your name shouted out at the end of content as long as as well as other stuff, head over to patreon.com slash nartech uh, and consider becoming a patron. We would be very grateful, but we are grateful just to have you here with us. So we're going to move on into the news, and it's an interesting week, kind of a big one. 
a bunch of different things happen. Uh, first thing up, more PlayStation exclusives make their way to PC with Predator Hunting Grounds hitting Steam as part of its one-year anniversary. That is available now. The game is cross-play, but the developers have noted that all in-game progression is stored on a per-platform basis and is not transferable. So you can't bounce between platforms with your pro- uh, with your progress in tow, which is a little disappointing. Um, it you're into that game. On top of that, the new airstrip map lands with 12 different missions to tackle and open areas and vertical play on rooftops and old radio towers. A handful of predator specializations are coming as well and new cosmetics as part of the predator package DLC. Um, so if you were into that game and maybe you've bounced out, there might be a reason to hop back in PlayStation plus. Yeah. I never got around to playing it. They had that beta, I like Predator, but I'm not like a huge fan. So I don't know. I guess I wasn't so drawn to it. Did you play Ilphonic were the people behind Friday the 13th, correct? I have no clue. I, I'm not a big fan of like... Isome- uh, or what, what is it? No, a- just, asymmetrical multiplayer? No, no. That, that aspect's cool. But I'm not a big fan of like taking real life horror enemies and putting them as video game characters to me. That's... Like Mortal Kombat does it. And like it's just... It'd be cooler if there was more original stuff. Oh, you mean like, uh, yeah, I got you. Taking movie properties? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you. But for yeah. the fans of the movies, it's really cool. I'm just not a fan of that. Yeah, and Ilphonic did do Friday the 13th game. Gotcha. Yeah. So, interesting. What's weird is the publisher for this game on Steam is PlayStation Mobile. Okay. I don't know why that is. If yeah, you, that's if odd. You know, chime in and let us know. Okay. Anyway, next up, PlayStation Plus games for May have been announced and will be available the day after this episode airs. So go hop on those. Wreckfest comes in at hot as the PSV, PSV, PS5 title. Interestingly enough, um, Plus users seem to be getting the game about a month ahead of everyone else as the PS5 version does not go for sale and become purchasable until June 1st, which is... If this is how Sony's going to start somewhat leveraging Plus, this is an interesting idea. Not only do you get certain games day one, you get them not early access, but kind of? Yeah. I don't know, but that also may speak, uh, speaking of Ryan, who we talked about in the community's take, he was talking about how the PS5 has somewhat um, blown (laughs) the expectation of a lot of people that games that come over with PS five updates would be able to carry over save data easily. It really does seem to be a mixed bag as to how easy it is to get games to do that. Wreckfest is one of them. A person on Twitter asked the Wreckfest people if the PS four progress would be able to go to the PS five. And they said they're working on it and they're hoping to have a solution, but that is unfortunate because the one upside of the way the Xbox has handled this is that it's basically seamless. Yeah. And that is a big benefit. So, and, but I also wonder if that's part of it. Was they, were, were they intending to have this version or the, the save data being able to transfer easily by the June 1st date for the normal release? And the PS plus one just is not going to quite be there. It's not going to in fact impact me. I haven't played the game at all. So I'll be excited to play it on PS five. But for people like Ryan, who otherwise might've had an incentive to want to go ahead and pick up a PS five to play PS four games that are getting updates that they continue to play. It's not very attractive in that regard. Yeah. And honestly, like, um, I know Ryan's a massive fan of this game. I see him post screenshots of this game constantly and it looks fun. It does. It looks like a destruction derby game. Oh, that's actually what it looks like to me too. Old PS One Destruction Derby. Yeah. Um, it also kind of reminds me, and I think it might be the same developer. Do you remember the old um, 
flat out games on PS2. I never played them, but yeah, I remember them. They were like their whole gimmick was kind of like play the games in cars, but you're gonna do things like make your driver wreck, and then your driver will fly out and hit a dartboard. Yeah, and wherever you hit, you get those points. But it was a bunch of those different style mini games, and then racing involved with them. I don't think I, I don't think I ever played it. I played them on PSP. Interestingly enough, uh, instead of the PS2, but they were big on PS2 at that time. So either way, that looks really cool. But the uh, PS4 games that round out the rest of the month are Battlefield Five and Stranded Deep. And Saul, do you? I think we talked about Stranded Deep, uh, or we, I may have asked you asked me about it or something. We, no, we did a long. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, um, but I found it when we were playing the Forest for the first time, and it looks just like the Forest, but without enemies. Yeah, but it's. Did I tell you I played it for like an hour on PS Now? Uh-uh. It's not good? It, at least in terms of the forest, it's not as immediately gripping as the forest is. Well, the forest, like, the, the, the genius behind the forest is that once you realize what's going on on that island, which is in like the first 15 to 20 minutes of yes, it, technically, exactly. it grips you right then and there. Because you are automatically like, you have a reason to run, you have a reason to build a shelter, you have a reason to play the game. And figure out where to go after that, and yeah. that and that loops you there. From what the strand of deep looked like when I looked into it last, you get put on an island, and it looks like you're playing Castaway Simulator. Yeah, that's kind of it. And, yeah, that, but it's also a lot more clumsy in the way that uh, you go to, about crafting and stuff like that. I think that they did a smart thing. Do you remember when Minecraft came to console on PC? Minecraft to make a pickaxe, you had to like draw out the item it had to be like yeah. two sticks and then to make a door was like two like block or four blocks all like stacked on top of each other like yeah inside lines. of the crafting thing so you had to do that and to make a pickaxe or a sword like a sword would be two pieces of metal and a stick underneath it uh and it would craft it that way which was cool for pc i like that kind of attention to detail but that doesn't work very well on a console so what they chose to do was just make a list where you go to it and it makes it for you smart move the way that the forest handles it on P- on a console is that you open up a separate menu and you drag the things together and just pull them together. Yeah. A lot quicker and a lot better. It's very clunky on Stranded Deep, and it just feels like a good idea that was sadly a little bit downplayed by the fact that it was an indie game from a small team on an engine. It just it seems like their first game. Like I could see that if hopefully this game did well enough for them that they get to make another and maybe they'll do a better job at making it feel less clunky on console. It may feel great on PC. Also give me like sea zombies. <laughs> well, I think what it is is once you start making a raft to be able to go out, from what I understand, at least it looks like there are sharks in the game. But Sea Zombies. I don't know. That one's not I don't feel like that's a pressing enough danger. Like inter- interestingly enough, I feel like sharks in the forest are more of a real danger than they feel like in Stranded Deep. You, you, you just don't know. You're just gonna die if you swim. Fun story. Saul, one hundred percent. We've played. He's played the forest a hundred hours, just like we have. And last time we played, like two months ago, with Eric, he one hundred percent believed that we were lying that sharks were even in the game. It wasn't until I saw them because everybody was like, "Y'all watch out! There's sharks!" I'm like, there's not sharks in this game because there. If you played the forest, you're familiar with this little. Um, it's a crashed little boat that you can get into and has some cool goodies and some story info in it off the shore of the island. And I can't tell you how many times I've swam to and from that boat. And I never saw a shark, never got bit by a shark, and didn't think they existed. So when we were talking about making a bridge out there, I was like, why? You know, like for the sharks. Like, There's some sharks in this game. I can't I believe saw it. it. But I, I, kept, I, I know why. At that point, you thought we were just playing into the ruse. But I was trying to tell you, you have to have a shark. You have to kill the shark for the trophy to get the platinum. So... 
while I already have been attacked on it before that. It could all been a ruse. Could have all been the Roost Cruise. Uh, but yeah, Stranded Deep may be something I get back around to. If anybody's played it and they think it gets better after like the first 30 minutes to an hour, let me know. But honestly, for my survival game fix right now, I'm just waiting on Sons of the Forest, if I'm being honest. Yeah, me too. That's my, that's my so far, the games that we know is coming out this year, my most anticipated game. I think which, me too. Which comes out in, in a month and a half. Yeah, but that's just that weird... You came in with no expectations, so it suddenly tops your list. I hope it, I hope that, that big expectation I have for it now doesn't end up making me not like Sons of the Forest, but I don't know. May four, May May thirtieth is when that game comes out. Does it have a date finally? Yep. Oh wait, nope. That's the forest. That's the original forest. Okay, I was about to say I haven't seen it, but I'm ready for it. Uh, moving on with news, though, Sony has posted its financials for fiscal year 2020, which ended on March 31st of 2021. And in it, we got some interesting information. PS5 is outpacing PS4 at this point in its life cycle, despite chip shortages, with PS5 sitting at 7.8 million units in the same time frame that PS4 was at 7.6 million units. Uh, now, it's not a big difference but it's kind of crazy to tell you how much gaming has grown recently, definitely as a result of the pandemic, and then even more so that they are outselling and outpacing PS4 when they can't even get PS5s made yeah. <laughs> enough. You know, Which makes you think, if they can make more of them, would this number be higher? Or is part of the reason this number is so high is because of that scarcity that kind of helped Nintendo early days too? You know what? Yeah, that could actually be a, a good contender for that reason. Um that's uh, honestly like the the way, and I, and I and you know you can never tell if this is intended or not, but the way it was with me when I saw the switch thing on the shelf, I'm like those have been sold out for for weeks now. It's like at the very end of the month that it came out, and there's one sitting there. I'm gonna buy it because if I don't buy it now, I'll probably get it for another couple months. It's that fear of missing out thing. Where yeah, it's like in a, a way, it's an accidental where it's like, oh, if I don't get this right now, but something comes out in two weeks that I really want, I just don't have the opportunity to get it. Yeah, go ahead and get it now. Yeah, and I, absolutely. And I was worried. I was like, if I don't get this now, there's a chance I don't see this thing for six more months. Yeah, which thankfully didn't end up being the case. Yeah, but that feeling was very true. It's at the worth moment. it. Yeah, it's worth it to if you if you can. In my opinion, it's worth it as long as you are not making an erratic decision. Now, the thing about PS5 is that Saul's talking about end of the first month of Switch. Now, Switch got its stuff together pretty quickly and was able to start meeting demand. Though I even argue that that the demand might have been purposely scarce to drive up you know excitement towards the system but PlayStation 5 while it may be benefiting from this i think the reality is still true that we're what 5 months out now from when it came out this will be month 6 actually yeah and you still can't get them easily no absolutely not and so. well, we went to a, we went to a Walmart listen here we went to a Walmart that's not even a super Walmart you know how hard that is to find, and I'm not talking about a neighborhood Walmart. This was a legitimate Walmart. It's we multiple. Was, that was not a super center <laughs> in this small town, and they didn't even have a PS5 there. They had the display and everything for it, but nothing there. No Xbox One, Series X either. Yeah, they're just sold out everywhere, man. It's crazy. Uh, moving on there, though. Uh, speaking of PS4, its total now sits at 116 million units sold or shipped, but that's still. PS Plus sits at 47.6 subscribers, uh, 47.6 million subscribers, uh, while 338 million games were sold in the past year, and revenue hit 24.4 billion for the year for PlayStation. That is wild. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Very big numbers. So Sony's doing very well. 
Not surprised at some of the business decisions they're making because they're best for the the business. Though occasionally I would like a couple of their moves to be a little more like, oh, we're going to throw you a bone. Um, we were talking the other day in the Discord, and you know we were talking about how Epic, all these different things are going on. Josh had brought up that the Epic Game Store takes a smaller cut. So technically speaking, developers could get the same amount of money they get from Steam and sell their games for cheaper, and Epic could basically work with them to try and do that to make their store better, you know, more con- pro-consumer, and also try and pick up the lost ground they have. And while there's a number of factors that go into that, like the fact that the developers set the prices themselves, part of what makes them look more attractive than Steam is that they take a lesser cut of the amount of uh, what they get from the game whenever it sells. But, you know, we kind of talked, how I've said before, I don't believe that pro-consumer and anti-consumer are even really things because the the sheer nature of business is to be pro-business. Businesses can't exist if they are not pro-business. If a business was ever pro-consumer, that business would go under. Um, But that's just kind of one of those things where as much as I want certain things from Sony, they're doing incredibly well. Yeah, So absolutely. Sometimes things have got to be pro-business and even just outwardly looking because they are always pro-business. But even outwardly looking for them to do this well, and sometimes you just got to do that. So good on PlayStation for making sure they stick around for a lot longer. Uh, While speaking on big cash and PlayStation and uh, Epic, court documents coming out as part of the ongoing Epic and Apple lawsuit reveal that 46.8% of Fortnite's total revenue from March 2018 through July 2020 came from PlayStation 4, while Xbox One came in second highest at 27.5% of revenue. iOS actually came in at fifth with just 7% of total revenue. Hmm. I, I'm not surprised that consoles are doing so well. I'm surprised that iPhone and Android account for such a small percentage when those games seem ripe for making tons of money on Android. But I guess it's still, people just want to, it speaks to something we're talking about. People still want to play games with controllers. Because these games are not very fun. I'm not going to say very fun. They're not easy to play with a touchscreen in comparison. Um, but also, I wonder why. it. It's also weird because PlayStation's thing is that you're locked in. Yeah. Did they ever fix that with Fortnite? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they ever did. Cause if I, you buy something, does it work on the other? It didn't, but it might now. It didn't when, when crossplay first became a thing. Oh, Let me clarify. Yeah, no, that was because there was a huge deal about not being able to use your PlayStation stuff on your Switch, which is when people kind of hit that wall of like, oh, this is BS. That's crazy, though. You know, this ongoing lawsuit has been giving out a lot of very interesting things. I feel like this might be one of the most interesting things to me. I, if you would have told me, I would have said that PlayStation 4 would have been high up there. I don't know that I would have thought that it had been the, the leader by almost half of the revenue. That's big numbers. It, yes. Matt, like... It's sometimes hard to wrap your head around this kind of stuff, too, in terms of just how much. <laughs> Next up, though, China Hero Project, and this is exciting, have revealed new gameplay for Lost Soul Aside, alongside announcing that the title will be coming to PS5, which is sensible as Sony announced that the console is coming to China on May 15th, and that is, of course, the country of origin for that game. If you don't remember Lost Soul Aside, it was shown off in 2016. Uh, it was posted to YouTube by the single developer, Yang Bing, if I remember his name correctly. I could be pronouncing it terribly, but 
the game was really awesome looking, kind of a mixture between Final Fantasy um, and the way that the world looks and the very, what, what would you call that aesthetic? Because, I mean, it has a Final Fantasy-ish aesthetic. I'm not sure what that aesthetic is called. Because like, it, it's like... It's like what Final Fantasy F- F- uh, 15 does really well. Where it sometimes looks futuristic, but a lot of it also kind of looks yeah. like it's dated on purpose. Like I, I'm not sure what that is. Either way, it has that uh, Final Fantasy look to it with the characters and everything, too. But it has like this Devil May Cry speed and urgency to its uh, combat and this combo system that it has. That was put out, and then Sony kind of like snatched that up, partnered with him, and gave him some extra funding and people. I think that team's at around 30 people now, if I remember what I read, and uh, it looks fantastic. So there were 17 minutes of gameplay posted on uh, a number of different things. Go check it out. It Absolutely. looks really good. If you've and, been a fan of the show for a while, we've mentioned this way back in the past, and it's so good to see this game come into PS5. Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for these updates because we've seen the game kind of hit certain things where you can play demos, but it's been pretty quiet for the most part. And for them to come out with a big 17-minute chunk of gameplay is nice. This is the kind of thing where this much of uninterrupted gameplay like this is the thing that makes you not worry that this game still can end up being vaporware. Because... Final Fantasy 15 or 13 versus as it was originally going to be for years and years and years would have little updates where you'd see like maybe two to three minutes of new footage, be it gameplay or cutscenes, And then it would just kind of go dark again for two years. And then we know that that game never ended up coming even in remotely that form. Yeah. So this is nice to see. I have a lot of uh, hope and, and faith behind this game. I hope it ends up being everything I wanted it to be. Uh, next thing up, this is a little disappointing. Activision continues to move teams around to support other parts of its business after moving Vicarious Visions into Blizzard, which they now are the team working on Diablo 2's remake. The publisher has moved Toys for Bob, the developer behind the Spyro Reignited trilogy and more recently Crash Bandicoot 4, which was excellent, to be a support studio for Call of Duty Warzone. This move did not come without some casualties, though, as the t- uh, team saw layoffs as well as people leaving leaving due to the change-up not being what they were wanting, like art directors and whatnot, which is a big deal. You're moving from... Toys for Bob was originally the Skylanders team. Yes. So you're moving from something... Skylanders moving into Spyro makes sense because Skylanders was already Spyro, even though I don't think most people were aware of that. Uh, The original Skylanders was called Spyro Skylanders. The very first one, yeah. very first one. And then he continued to be a character throughout all of them. But moving from that into into Spyro and then moving from Spyro even into Crash, there's a style going on there. So I can see why people are leaving is it's just not the type of game they wanted to make. But this is also weird because it just feels like they keep having these successes. And then I don't understand the move. Like, is Call of Duty success so monumental that these successes with IP like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro just despite being successful, can't be successful enough for you to be like, ah, we need more teams to work on Call of Duty, so instead of making new teams, we're just going to move you off of these things, put those IP back to rest so we can continue making buttloads of cash on Call of Duty. I think so, unfortunately. <sighs> the amount of money that Call of Duty sells, not just count, like, not counting like just physical copies, digital copies, microtransactions, DLCs, is just astounding. So follow me here for a second, Saul. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Because I know I think EA is in a similar position as Activision. Do you not think 
and and maybe this is what Activision feels has already happened. But Activision and EA are companies that are known for getting kind of slammed in the public opinion because of decisions like this and being so microtransaction heavy. And I feel like sometimes with Activision and EA, going back to that thing about being pro-business, right? They're clearly making tons of money on these properties, but you also want to always be able to tap into more and more market that you aren't getting. And also you want your public perception to be as good as you can kind of get it and justify. Do you not think that there's a decent argument for Capcom, I mean Capcom for Activision to at least keep a single team working on this kind of goodwill IP that's still successful, makes money, but really in the long run, the end goal is to still be profitable while giving Activision like a good public face. You would think so. You would think that there would be this one team dedicated for these one like archetypes of games that can keep them, you know, afloat with the cat, like the non-casual crowd, like the crowd that wants to see crash that wants to see, um, or Tony know, Spyro, Hawk, even. Tony Hawk. Yeah. But unfortunately I think that they have the numbers that shows them otherwise. So they just don't care. Yeah, but it's a shame because, you know, the reality is business is business. But there are so many teams that are great that have been moved off uh, from working on other things because of, the, I guess, the fact that games are getting expensive, more expensive as we keep talking about to make. And then you want to double down on the ones making the most money. It's unfortunate because if you remember, like, High Moon Studios were the team behind both Transformers, War for Cybertron, and Fall of Cybertron. Fantastic games. I mean, fantastic games. And that goes nowhere. You know, we don't get to do anything else with that because they got sucked into being a Call of Duty support studio. Uh, Raven Software, they were behind, if I'm recalling correctly, um, they were behind the Wolfenstein, what was it called? It was the PS3 Wolfenstein. Oh, I have no clue. I can't remember the name of it. It might have just been Wolfenstein. Um, but they have a ton of different games, too, that I've really enjoyed. And I want to make sure I'm not lying. Yeah, Singularity was the other one I was going to say. I couldn't remember if that was EA or Activision. Singularity was a shooter game on the PS3, the PS360, PS3. It was really interesting. And, again, we just don't get to see them do anything. And I'm not saying Singularity was a massive success. I don't think it was. But... Having all of your teams just basically is Activision just Call of Duty now? Pretty much, yeah. It's a monopoly at that. I and I'm sure I'm going to say this at the risk of there being an obvious one that I'm forgetting. What else does Activision do on a normal basis? Not Destiny. That's what I'm saying. So now that they don't have Destiny, what other series do they do? I think that the that pre- is still on running. You know? Yeah, I think the 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 um prerequisite uh, no no what is it i think that the the way that you could see this happening was that the fact that they started to put cold war into modern warfare and oh yeah combining all these ips on in this in this like these sub space. the sub ips of call yeah. of duty so i don't know what they're doing like the last time I can think of that I actually saw Activision do, and again, outside of remakes, because we know they did the remakes, but the last thing I can remember them doing that was interesting, and I remember Saul and I were both audibly surprised when they announced it, was Sekiro. Sekiro, yep. That was such an odd, that cool move. 2018? Yeah, that was 2019. Well, when it was announced, I think it was 2018. Uh, but Sekiro was a 2019 game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But I can't think of anything besides Call of Duty that wasn't these remake teams doing something that Activision's put out. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's odd. It's like they've become the Call of Duty God company 
and that they will no longer like they'll worry they'll worry about these other things that they have for under there like toys for bob and stuff like that but it'll majority just all go to call of duty and they'll just continue to run that monopoly of if you want a good first person battle royale you want a good first person versus uh shooter game you're gonna have to come to us because it's gonna be all of us you know, I can't believe I want to say this. EA has been voted the worst company in a, for a lot of things. And while I think Activision are doing well with Call of Duty, I think arguably this is a very odd move for them because EA, by comparison, have done a lot of goodwill things with making something like you know Star Wars, despite the issues that Saul had with it, and plenty of people did. Yeah, it was still, still a good goodwill thing for them. Yeah. Uh, they of course have Battlefield going. EA has got Skate coming back. Hopefully, to be fair, we don't yeah. actually know if that's going to make Come it. Come on now. Stop getting your hopes up. <laughs> but I feel like EA are at least kind of doing They have Apex. They have, of course, all their sports games. If they want to, they could come back in and uh, and handle like coming back with Sims if they really wanted to. I find it interesting that right now we're in a position where EA, and we'll need for speech coming. You know, they have, I feel like that's so weird. Then you think about the fact that Bioware is working on stuff, regardless of the fact that I don't really care about it, but Dragon Age and new Mass Effect. Yeah. Like, EA has actually kind of got, like, a breadth of, of variety. Compared and, to Activision, And absolutely. IP going. Yeah. Huh. Because all Activision has done for the past year is Call of Duty stuff. And then you have... And again, moving forward, we may see Activision do an announcement that's like, ah... This is what they're doing besides Call of Duty. Yeah. But right now, if all your teams are just Call of Duty support studios, where do you have the room? Exactly. It's weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is interesting. Anyway, uh, we got one more thing, actually. Uh, PlayStation hit us with an impromptu state of play after revealing Rivet, the new secondary protagonist of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, that was, of course, shown in the original trailer. The state of play brought with it 15 minutes of new gameplay for the title, which looks... Superb. It looks excellent. It looks really good. Um, I am going to be disappointed at the fact, or actually I already know it is, it's a full price game. And I only say that because I thought it was so cool that Ratchet on PS4 was $40, $40. but it was a remake. Yep. Less work had to go into it as a result. Um, I'm still, will pay the 70 here, but I would have loved to see Sony continue to employ that kind of very, very varied pricing. Price based off of what the value that the market will see it. For. um so with like the new 40 right if it went up the new 40 should be 50 yeah so for me i am excited for this game i thought rivet's character design is lovely yes and um it's just it kind of fits in that same area that returnal does like it looks cool i'm sure it's gonna be a great use of the ps5 features i'm gonna wait for it to go down a little bit i will say i think okay this is gonna be where i'm at right now and i bought returnal haven't played it yet um, I do intend to, but I want to beat near and continue to be able to play my Vita some, but I think surface level from what you can see outside looking in without playing the game. I think there's more of a reason for ratchet to be 70 than I feel Absolutely. like Returnal yeah. to be 70. I, I, now, ideally both of them $50 yep. max. I mean, you know, I, I get what Returnal's trying to do and that's a good commendable thing. And I think it's cool that Sony, as much as we talked about Sony not being risk averse, they put out a risky game, but this is how they avoid being risk averse. They charge way too much for it. Yeah. Sony's like, we're going to back this game. But we're also going to make sure that anybody who does buy it, we get as much money as we possibly can out of them. Yeah. And then, they, and at the same time, they have developers saying, you know, if you want a sequel, buy it day one. 
<laughs> just like well, it's not, to be fair, he didn't work at Sony anymore. But. True. <laughs> I don't know. This is a this is an interesting one though. Uh, I, it looks really great, and I think it does a lot to show off what the PS5 can do. The ray tracing in it looks fantastic. The way that the light actually hits and scatters because of that looks fantastic. I think it's ray trace global illumination. The reflections, the reflections look great. Though I'm curious to see if they're only going certain ones are only going to be available in in engine cutscenes, uh, which means it's still running in real time, but they only turn it on for moments where you're going to be close enough to the character's eyes to see like. Um, good example, right? When Rivet, uh, or Ratchet rather, lifts up one of them two, they lift up a, their hand with a glove on it, and you can see the glove reflecting. That's in their Ratchet eye. doing that, yeah. And I'm you now that could be screen space. I really doubt it because of the way it's set up. I'm pretty sure it's ray traced. But are they only digging that deep in? Whenever you're going to see that close to the character's face, probably, and it makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't need something ray tracing in the eye of my character when he's running in the opposite direction. But it's a cool attention to detail. Plus, absolutely. Smacking that crystal and having the whole new world load in front in like a second. Yep. Whew. Was absolutely sick. Sick indeed. So it looks really great. I didn't watch the full gameplay trailer. I kind of skipped through because I don't I don't like watching that much kind of gameplay. Sure. Unless it's for... It's different kind of games. But yeah. um, the rest of the play was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that we got before we got that 15 minutes was an update on Subnautica Below Zero. I've never played Subnautica, so I don't have that kind of and for it. Even as a fan of Subnautica, Below Zero just kind of looks like it's the opposite direction for me. Subnautica was so interesting because I was underwater. And, that's and now it's my, looking at it's trying to get you up out. Yeah, now I'm like on land with snow, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I assume underwater still comes highly into play here. I would hope so. But the way that they're marketing it right now, yeah. it looks very much like, oh, we're going to show you that we're also doing land. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. What a what a weird thing for Sony to do. When I see so many people on the Sony train criticize Nintendo for making a direct with only one or two games in it, and now Sony's doing the same thing. I wonder where those people are at. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Sony was smart. It's just speaking on this because the other thing they showed was Among Us, yeah, uh, hitting which, PS4 and PS5 later this year with exclusive skins, Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank or at skin. least a Ratchet and Clank skin, which was cool. But I think Sony, in my opinion, were smart to show the very short trailer, announce Rivet, and then say, see more of the game at our state of play, which will focus on Ratchet and Clank and give us updates on two smaller indie titles. Set expectations going in. Yeah. And as much as these may be meh, the expectation was set that these are just going to be indie titles, so you might be really surprised. But it's, it's, Hollow, Indie titles, you have to be kind of specific with those. Hollow Knight's an indie title. That's true. Look at Hollow Knight. And then now look at Among Us. <laughs> like, there's quality there in both of them, but obviously one of them They're very has, different style yes. of games, yeah. But I still think it was the right way to go. The only thing I'd say is they said updates on two indie games. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's an update on some Nautica Below Zero, but this is technically a reveal for Among Us. But, I mean, that just feels like getting lost in wording for no Not like reason. that, but the Among Us like, trailer was like three, 30 seconds long. Very short, yeah. yeah. It. I almost don't know that that needed to be in a state of play, but it also, it's okay. That's fine. It also, I almost feel like that was one of the times like where it waited too long to come out because everybody could play this on their phones, which if you have a PlayStation 4, you probably have a smartphone. It's, I would say that's a pretty good ratio there. True. But you may, you may want to play it without it being on touchscreen though. Yeah. And now the game's kind of far away from like the popularity it was at. I'm going to see how they use text chat and this and stuff like that. Because there is no way with a timer that's there that you could use your thumbsticks in a text chat. Something no, meaningful. I, my assumption here is do meaningful restrictions on voice chat, or just have like like word like multiple words that you could pick from. 
Yeah. And then you can put like blue, like a wheel. Yeah, blue sus or something like that. I still think it takes the, the fun out of it. I still think the ideal way to do it is to just choke down communication for vocal things to where basically uh, when you're playing the game, kind of like what we did when we were playing on PC, right? Where you do this idea of like, okay, you're in the voice chat. Everybody mutes themselves when we're playing. Right. Unmute yourself with, now, to discuss everything. With, with friends, and, this is perfect. That's perfect. Yes. But if you're playing matchmaking with random people. Well, that's what I say. The game needs to control it, right? Yeah. The game needs to say, uh, as soon as you start playing, it cuts all voice chat. None of it exists. And, when, then, and then it lifts that restriction whenever you call a meeting. If you die and become a ghost, there's a separate voice chat for ghosts where ghosts can talk amongst each other. While the people are playing. You would hope that would. How does Xbox do it? Isn't this out on Xbox? No, it's only on Switch. Okay. Wise. Okay. I could be lying, but I'm fairly positive. I'd be curious how this would work. Um, I'm fairly positive it's it's not. Also, I saw Brett mention in Discord. Um, yeah, when that game comes out, if you guys want to get together one night and play on PS4 slash PS5, that'd be cool too. Um, okay, so it's coming to Xbox, just like it's coming to PS4. Gotcha. Community's take for this week. I want to make it kind of Lost Soul Aside eccentric. I thought maybe we should go a little more broad this week because we've been okay. going pretty narrowy. Yeah, pretty narrowing it down. I mean, do you do you want it to be about the state of play or do you think? No, we've done too many of those. We have done a lot of those, but the state of play. The weird thing about it is it keeps falling flat, evolving. Maybe in the right way, it do, it falls flat sometimes. It it really does. It does. Um. Uh. Yeah. Or it could be. It could be completely separate from news. What do you think? Do we have any fun ones that anybody's offered up? Not. Re- not lately. Always feel free to throw out communities' take ideas that Absolutely. you would be interested in hearing. Not only our thoughts, but the community's thoughts on. Absolutely. What is your fry, favorite fried deli meat of choice? <laughs> is it bologna? Is it ham? Turkey? It's an entire combo. It's cold cut. You get all of them together. There you go. Are you a bologna man? <laughs> a deli bologna man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. it's okay. Deli bologna is good. Yes. It's borderline salami. I'm, I'm in it whenever you have everything else around, right? When you have like bologna, pastrami, yeah, and salami and all that, I don't, I've never I'm had, with you. I've never had pastrami in my life. So. Whoa, bro, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. I've never had pastrami in my life. Are you telling me right now that your serious community's take is what's your... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not being serious about that. Um, let's see. Hey, feel free to answer that one, though, for us. Yeah, let us know. Throw out let, your meat suggestions. Let, let us know if salt, I should dude. have pastrami. You need pastrami in your life. Oh, okay. Actually, I do. Have, have you fun. never had a charcuterie board or whatever they're called? I actually don't know how to pronounce I'm that. I'm pretty word. sure you pronounce it right. That's how I've heard other people pronounce it. But yeah, meat and cheese board. Um, no, I've had the adult lunchables you could buy at Walmart that have like the. That, that's kind of like a mini charcuterie. Yeah, board, it's yeah. just there's a board. It's plastic. <laughs> yeah, I do have a fun one though. This is a fun one. It's very related to what we're talking about. Throughout your life of gaming, what is your favorite snack to go to when we play games? Now this, we've, I feel like you've done this before. We've done it. In reader mail, they've asked uh, us that. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But what is your favorite snack slash meal? It could be your favorite meal to cook on a Friday night before you sit down and play lots of games. It could be your favorite snack to grab and go with. This um, one's going to be interesting because I know people who are full on cook a meal and then eat it while you're playing. Perfect. Kind of- Tell me what that is. Tell me what it is you like and and <laughs> or if you don't have one you currently do, what is one you used to do that you really like? So, favorite... Boy, someone's going to hit us with, like, Vienna sausages, and then we're going to have images of that weird, slimy goop. You just got to shake it out the sink before you eat it. They're good. <laughs> but, yeah, what is your favorite current or non-current video game food and or meal? 
And what games did you play along with them? And you can let us know the answer to that question if you follow us on Twitter, which is Triangle uh, SQRD uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can follow, uh, follow us in our Discord in the link description. You can answer it there as well. Or our Facebook group over at Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Oh, we're gonna have some fun with those. I think the next few weeks are gonna be kind of based around that. Some, some. Fun I think. I think takes. next. I think the following weeks one's gonna be what. Uh, what's one of your go-to albums to listen to while you're playing games that are not perfect? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll go through some of those. Those are fun. Just to give movie, us a break. What's your favorite podcast or movies to listen to when you play games like Destiny and stuff like that? Yeah. We, we can get fun with it. But yeah, yeah uh, check us out at all of those. And of course, you can find us on YouTube. And uh, most importantly, um, find us at Nartech over there uh, at patreon.com slash nartech. You can become a subscriber on that, become a patron, if you will. And, uh, yeah, you get to help us out, support the channel with all the hidden costs that come with the podcast. Uh, on top of that, you get some cool benefits uh, like custom case selections every quarter. We do those for people who are $5 tiers or more. And uh, Everyone I know has responded, so those will be happening soon. Okay, good. And, uh, yeah, for 15 bucks technically for a case like that, yeah, they, they, that's quality. You can't get it anywhere else. And uh, most importantly, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of the show. This has been a fun 200 episodes. We're at 210 now. That's crazy. We're going to be up to 250 soon. I think that's when we'll bring Reader Mail back for 200, episode 250 or 225. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll make a something. We'll take a something. You demand it, and it'll it'll move you up. You demand it, and uh, you demand it. You don't ask questions for Reader Mail. I'll, I'll kick you off this this <laughs> earth. But uh, The whole earth? The whole earth. Like like You've been ejected? You, so we're coming back into a Shut up. <laughs> can't stand among us speak but uh so cringy but um you saw us but yeah thank you guys for episode 210 thank you to everybody who wants to watch and listen and hang out with us in our discord and stuff that is all of course all in the link description below and we'll see you guys back for episode 211 thank you and i'll let thank you guys sorry someone used my number apparently at our local or they they wrote it down wrong because it says Thanks, mate, for choosing Outback, Texarkana. Want some social distance? Wait in your car. We'll text you when your table's ready. I'm not an Outback. I, w- I, I wish we weren't. <laughs> if, if this is a thing where someone just used my phone number, including Saul, and went to the Outback website and then put my name in the like, the queue for the wait list, that's actually a fantastic prank idea. It is, because now you're, now you're getting Outback texts. Ahoy, matey. Wait, that's the sailors. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for episode 210. We'll see you back for 211. Thank you, guys. And a huge shout-out to our patrons, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Sanderud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Baconbits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean Juanillo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Hammond Egger. Thank you guys so much. And remember, head over to patreon.com slash nartech if you want to become a patron. Thanks. 